Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 179. It is Monday, August 3rd, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumber, and who hacked Twitter and how? This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, welcome to Monday, Motivation Monday. We're going to motivate you to up your cybersecurity awareness and application. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, I'll just say, scary stuff going on. But anyway, wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be great. And if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, please go to Facebook and or LinkedIn and join the group Get HIPAA Compliance. First up, because... It is almost election time. This is on AP News. Ransomware feared as possible saboteur for November election. Like, we didn't really expect that. But here it is. Federal authorities say one of the gravest threats to the November election is a well-timed ransomware attack that could paralyze voting operations. The threat isn't just from foreign governments, but but any fortune-seeking criminal. Ransomware attacks targeting state and local governments have been on the rise with cyber criminals seeking quick money by seizing data and holding it hostage until they get paid. The fear is that such attacks could affect voting systems directly or even indirectly by infecting broader government networks that include electoral databases. Even if a ransomware attack fails to disrupt elections, it could me- it could nonetheless rattle confidence in the vote on the spectrum of threats from the fin- fantastical to the more probable Experts and officials say ransomware is a particularly realistic possibility because the attacks are already so pervasive and lucrative. The FBI and Department of Homeland Security have issued advisories to local governments, including recommendations for preventing attacks. From the standpoint of confidence in the system, I think it's much easier to disrupt a network and prevent it from operating than it is to change votes. Adam Hickey, a Justice Department Deputy Assistant Attorney General, said in an interview, The scenario is relatively simple. Plant malware on multiple networks that affect voter registration databases and activate it just before an election or target vote reporting and tabulation systems. With the 2020 election, election infrastructure has a target on its back. Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold said, We know the election infrastructure was attempted to be undermined in 2016, and we know the techniques are shifting. The number of attacks has escalated in recent years with targets including Texas Transportation Agency and City Computers in New Orleans. A December report by cybersecurity firm MCSoft tracked attacks against at least 966 entities that interrupted 9-11 services, rendered medical records inaccessible, and hindered police background checks. We're seeing state and local entities targeted with ransomware on a near-daily basis, said Jeff Hale, a top election security official with Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Steps taken to improve security of voter registration systems after the 2016 election could help governments fend off election-related ransomware attacks. They've also acted to ensure they can recover quickly in the event of an attack. Colorado, for example, stores redundant versions of its voter registration data at two separate secure locations so officials can easily shift operations. Backups are regular, so the system can be quickly rebuilt if needed. So, um, and the article talks about more of what, what can be expected. I think um, 
it is a real threat. And we, when I've been saying for weeks now that ransomware will ramp up in the second half of 2020, we have a very, um, very interesting election coming up, to, to say the least, without getting political. It is going to be a very interesting election. And I think this is just going to add to the intrigue, if you want to call it that. Um, but ransomware is definitely going to be on the rise in this the last part of this 2020 we're actually in the last almost in the last third of the year believe it or not um bleeping computer havenly discloses data breach after 1.3 million accounts leaked online havenly a u.s-based interior designer design website has disclosed a data breach after a hacker posted a database containing 1.3 million records for free on a hacker form so this continues to be a trend um last week the you know, there was a report that Shiny Hunters hacking group leaked the databases for 18 different companies for a total of 386 million records. And now Havenly has been breached. They apparently were not aware until the information was placed on a dark web forum. So now, if you use Havenly at all, I'll be honest, I've never heard of Havenly, but if you use Havenly at all, you have concerns. You'll need to change the passwords, not just on Havenly, but anywhere you use that username and password or any variation of that username and password, you should change it now. We do have an update to Garmin also on Bleeping Computer. Confirmed Garmin received decryptor for wasted locker ransomware. Bleeping Computer can confirm that Garmin has received the decryption key to recover their files encrypted in a wasted locker ransomware attack. On July 23, 2020, Garmin suffered a worldwide outage where customers could not access their connected services, including the Garmin Connect, Fly Garmin, Strava, and InReach Solutions. Bleeping Computer was first to confirm they suffered a cyber attack by the Wasted Locker ransomware operators after employees shared photos of encrypted workstations, and we found a sample of ransomware utilized in the attack. Employees later shared with Bleeping Computer that the ransom demand was $10 million. After a four-day outage, Garmin suddenly announced that they were starting to restore services and it made us suspect that they paid a ransom to receive a decryptor. Garmin refused, though, to comment any further. Today, Bleeping Computer gained access to an executable created by Garmin IT department to decrypt a workstation and then install a variety of security software on the machine. Wasted Locker is an enterprise targeting ransomware with no known weaknesses in their encryption algorithm. This lack of flaws means that the decryptor cannot be made for free. If you work at Garmin or know someone working there with first-hand information on this incident, you can confidentially, confidentially contact us at OnSignal at 164-6961-3731. So Bleeping Computer is looking for more information. They suspect that Garmin paid a ransom. Wasted Locker was looking for $10 million. Um, it remains to be seen if... In fact, Garmin did pay, but it looks like they may have done just that. Also on Bleeping Computer, U.S. government site abused to redirect users to porn sites. In an ongoing Black Hat SEO campaign tracked by Bleeping Computer, scammers are using open redirects found on government websites to redirect visitors to pornography sites. And open redirect is a URL that anyone can use to redirect a visitor to a website of their choosing. Black Hat SEO scammers use their these open redirects to get listings in search engines such as Google that show the page's title being redirected to but are listed as it is located on a government site. For about two weeks, scammers have been injecting government open redirect links into search engines as, as shown in, uh, there's an image here with redacted images, but you can see that they redirect to pornography sites. 
While government system administrators have been playing a whack-a-mole and removing open redirects as they find them, new ones keep appearing and being used to inject links to adult sites and search engines. The SEO scammers are not targeting only government websites or particular platforms, CMS, or script, and are merely searching for open redirects, injecting them into search engines. One of the open redirects seen by Bleepy Computer was found on a National Weather Service website. The site uses an open redirect in the form of nwsexit.php script that lets you create a weather.gov URL that redirects to another site. For example, the URL below will redirect a user from weather.gov to example.com, and so it says weather.gov slash nwsexit.php question URL equals http colon slash slash example.com. Though the weather.gov site shows a brief interstitial page before redirecting visitors, most of the open redirects do not use a page like this and automatically redirect them. It is not known at this time how the SEO scammers are injecting these links into search engines. Historically, these sites, these types of attackers are conducted by hacking the WordPress sites and then recreating pages containing hundreds of URLs that they want to be indexed. These pages are then fed to search engines so that the search engine spiders index them and add URLs to the search results. Thankfully, these websites were abused to only redirect users to pornography sites. They could have just as easily been used as part of a phishing scam targeting government employees to steal account credentials. Some of the domains affected by this Black Hat SEO campaign are the National Weather Service, Louisiana State Senate, Dwight D. Eisenhower Memorial, and Colorado, the Colorado Department of Higher Education, and many more. Louisiana has just really taken a beat in, in the last year. So, um, But let's, uh, let's fix those open redirects if you have any. Bleeping Computer, Canadian MSP discloses data breach failed ransomware attack. Managed service provider Pivot Technology Solutions has disclosed that it was a victim of a ransomware attack that resulted in sensitive information being accessed by attack by hackers. The incident occurred last month and hit impacted data held by the parent company and its subsidiaries and a former and current and or former and current affiliates. Threat actors were not able to complete the attack and encrypt files in the company systems, but they spent enough time on the network to access sensitive information and also steal some of it. Pivot's quick response to the June 12th incident made it possible to continue operations, said Kevin Shank, president and CEO of the company, earlier this month. An investigation of the incident conducted by cyber forensic firm revealed on July 1st that intruders had access to and exfiltrated limited personal information of U.S. employees and consultants. Specifically, inspection revealed on July 7th that the attackers compromised names, addresses, dates of birth, gender, disability status, and type of insurance coverage. They also pulled payroll data, details about deductions, 401k forms, income and benefits, banking details, routing and account numbers, social security numbers, and related information. In a notification letter for affected parties recorded by the California Office of the Attorney General, the company informs that the hackers access data stored by the following subsidiaries and past the present affiliates. I'm sorry, and past and present affiliates. Pivot Technology Services Corporation, Terramock Technologies, Pivot Acquisition Corp, ACS US, Applied Computer Services, Inc., Austin Ribbon and Computer Supplies, ProSys Information Systems, SmartEdgeCom, and Pivot Shared Services. Following this incident, all companies have improved their security protocols for defending their networks, email systems, workstations, and personal information. Pivot advises affected parties to take additional steps to protect against identity theft and offers free monitoring solutions to track ill doings stemming from this attack. On Naked Security by Sophos, travel company CWT avoids ransomware derailment by paying 4.5 million blackmail demand. According to reports, Minnesota-based 
business travel company, CWT is the latest victim of the latest trend in ransomware. In fact, we're probably at the point where we need to stop calling them just ransomware attacks because it's increasingly common that there's a lot more to these attacks than just looking you out of locking you out of your files, which is how we usually think of ransomware. When ransomware first began, became big news thanks to malware such as CryptoLocker back in the early 2010s. The crooks behind the crime deliberately chose to use in-place encryption to tie up your computer. They didn't need to do it that way. They could have stolen all your files first and deleted the copies of your off your computer and then sold you back your files. They could have proved they had the files by inviting you to name a couple and then sending them back for free. Given that they wouldn't know which names you'd pick, this would probably convince you that they had all the others too. But that approach would have been slow and troublesome, especially when crooks were targeting as many victims as possible and aiming to make $300 a time at, out of hundreds of thousands of people. Back then, the average home user or small business on an ADSL connection just didn't have enough upload bandwidth to make this sort of attack practical. And getting the files back to victims who paid up would have been unreliable too, which would have discouraged people from paying up on technical groups, grounds, as well as moral ones. So the crooks encrypted the files in place and all they needed to sell back to you was your decryption key, a small decryption program with your key baked into it. The encryption process happened at disk speed, not network speed, so it was harder to spot and the damage happened quickly. Also, the early ransomware attacks went out of their way to provide the decryption keys to those who paid up as quickly as they could, paradoxically building up a reputation for ransomware gangs as crooks who could be trusted. Um, so the story goes on from there to talk about ransomware today. Ransomware today is this. No longer targeting the average home user, although I would suspect some, some are still happening. Um, and they target enterprise environments. They target small businesses. They target hospitals and law firms and financial firms and uh, pretty much any business that they think will pay up. And then they steal all your data and then they encrypt everything. And then they tell you if you don't pay up, they will not only not give you the decryption key, but they will also release your data on dark web forums. And if you have sensitive client data, that's not going to be a positive image for your company. And that's, so that's why some are opting to pay. So we, we just heard a few minutes ago that Garmin may have paid $10 million. We saw a, and so that article was about a travel agency that paid $4.5 million. And um, this is going to be the trend. And this is why you need to have a good backups that are not connected to your network by default. You need to have um, a plan in place for such an attack, and you need to have systems in place to do your best to prevent those attacks. And those systems need to include phishing mitigation, which includes education and training. And I see it all the time. I see dentists, hospitals, medical practices, chiropractors, uh, law firms, all getting hit because they are not doing these things. So this is what needs to happen if you don't want to become the next victim and have to pay millions of dollars. All right, we have an update on the Twitter hack from last week. Epic account hack caused by mobile spear phishing. They did arrest three individuals, or I think they arrested one, and then there's two others that have been charged. Um, hackers misled certain employees to gain access to internal tools to take over high-profile accounts and push out a Bitcoin scam. So this was a phone hack. It's social engineering. 
A mobile spear phishing attack targeted a small number of employees is what led to the unprecedented major attack earlier in the month on high-profile Twitter accounts to push out a Bitcoin scam. The company posted an update late Thursday on the situation, which which has been unfolding since July 15th, when 130 accounts of high-profile users such as Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Apple, and Uber were each were hijacked at the same time to promote a bogus advance fee cryptocurrency deal. This attack relied on significant and concerted attempt to mislead certain employees and exploit human vulnerabilities to gain access to our internal systems, the company said in its update. This was a striking reminder of how important each person on our team is in protecting our service. On this day of the attack, Twitter revealed that the accounts fell victim to compromises of the company's internal systems by a group of unidentified hackers that managed to access Twitter company tools and secure employee privileges. Until Thursday, Twitter had not yet confirmed exactly how attackers got access to those internal tools, a point that the company has now clarified. The attack required threat actors to obtain access to both Twitter's internal network via specific employee credentials, the company said Thursday. Since not all the employees that were initially targeted had permissions to use those account management tools key to the attack, the attackers used a two-step approach to hack their way in, according to Twitter. First, they used the initial credentials they fished to access some of Twitter's internal systems and learn information about the company processes, according to the post. This, this knowledge then enabled them to target additional employees who did, did have access to our account support tools, the, the company said. Using the credentials of employees with access to these tools, the attackers targeted 130 Twitter accounts, ultimately tweeting from 45, accessing the direct messages inbox of 36, and downloading the Twitter data of 7. An elected official in the Netherlands was one of those whose DMs, direct messages, were leaked. However, attackers did not access data for any of the former U.S. elected officials whose accounts were breached, the company said. Once it was aware of the attack, Twitter immediately locked down thousands of verified accounts belonging to elite Twitter users and high-profile companies to try to prevent hackers from perpetrating the scam. The attack involved sending tweets from each of the hijacked accounts to promote a bogus Bitcoin deal, which promised to double the value of the Bitcoin currency sent to one specific wallet. Twitter acknowledged Thursday that there has been concern following this incident around our tools and levels of employee access and said that it's taking steps and updating its account tools to make them more sophisticated to prevent such a breach in the future. Those steps include significantly limiting access to internal tools and systems to ensure ongoing account security while the company completes its investigation. This unfortunately will result in some disruption of user account service, including limiting access to the Twitter data download feature and some and other processes Twitter acknowledged. We will be slower to respond to account support needs, reported tweets, and applications to our developer platform, the company said in an update. We're sorry for any delays this causes, but we believe it is necessary to, it is a necessary precaution as we make durable changes to our processes and tooling as a result of this incident. The company continues to investigate the attack and work with appropriate authorities to identify those responsible in the meantime. There continues to be widespread speculation and reported evidence about who may be behind the hack, but no solid conclusions. Now, I did see somewhere else that a 17-year-old was arrested in Florida for this attack. So um, that is out there on, on multiple websites. So I would assume that is accurate assessment. This this update was posted on, where is the date for this? Oh, okay, so this was posted on Friday. So that, that is probably accurate information. A 17-year-old was hacked. Oh, was arrested for this hack. And I believe I saw that two others were charged, but maybe they're not in the U.S., so I'm not sure what that looks like. We have three HIPAA breaches to report. 
Beaumont Health, the largest healthcare provider in Michigan, has started notifying approximately 6,000 patients that some of the protected health information has potentially been accessed by unauthorized individuals. On June 5th, 2020, Beaumont Health learned that email accounts accessed by unauthorized individuals between January 3rd and January 29th contained the protected health information, including names, dates of birth, diagnosis, diagnosis codes, procedure and treatment information, type of treatment provided, prescription information, patient account numbers, and medical record numbers. While the email accounts were accessed by unauthorized individuals, no evidence was found to suggest emails or email attachments in the accounts were viewed or copied by the attackers, and no reports have been received that suggest patient data has been misused. This is the second phishing-related breach to be announced by Beaumont Health this year. In April, Beaumont Health started notifying 112,211 individuals that some of their PHI was contained in email accounts that were breached in late 2019. Beaumont Health has taken steps to improve its internal procedures to allow it to identify and remediate threats more rapidly in the future, and additional safeguards have been implemented to improve email security, including the use of multi-factor authentication. Further training has also been provided to employees on the identification and handling of malicious emails. Should have been there all along. That's twice. You can bet that the OCR will be talking to you soon. South Care Minute Clinic in Wilmington, North Carolina, is being investigated by North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services over the improper disposal of medical files. The Wilmington Police Department responded to a call advising them that sensitive documents and hazardous waste had been disposed of in a regular dumpster behind the former South Care Minute Clinic at 1506 Market Street. The dumpster was found to contain paperwork that included patient information, used needles, and other hazardous waste. The police confirmed that HIPAA rules had been violated but determined no crime had been committed. The dumpster has since been removed and there is no longer any threat to public safety. The North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services will determine whether a financial penalty is appropriate. Samaritan Medical Center in Watertown, New York, has announced it has experienced a security incident. We talked about this one last week, but it looks like... Um, that has forced it to take its computer systems offline. Staff have switched to pen and paper while the attack is remediated and while care is still being provided to patients. No patients have been transferred to other facilities, but the decision has been taken to cancel some non-urgent appointments. No further information on the exact nature of the security breach has been released at this stage. So no real update on that one, but we did talk about that one last week. So that is going to do it for the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily for Monday. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.